0: Good morning, my name is Alison, and I'm going to read the passage for us this morning. It is from Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, chapter 11, verses 1 to 6. And if you want to follow in the Church Bible, it's on page 678. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, starting at verse 1. Ship your grain across the sea... After many days you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind, or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well.
1: Right, we're getting close to the end of our series in Ecclesiastes. Really enjoyed this series. Now, hands up, who went to a school in the 1980s? A fair number of my generation. Looking back on it, my comprehensive school was, it was a brutal environment. In, In the first week, we had this thing called the Gladiator's Pit. The first years got thrown in there and all manner of horrible things happened. Our heads were flushed down the toilet. There were lots of fights. We still had corporal punishment in my school. Uh, the, the teachers humiliated students often. And the staff, the staff room was a great place to get lung cancer. I remember going in and <laughs> could hardly see any of the teachers. There was just smoke everywhere. In PE, the boys' kit was just a pair of black shorts. Nothing on the feet. Nothing on the top. Fat shaming was a feature of most lessons. But in gym, I do remember doing something that I thought I never could achieve. I actually did a vault. I ran up to a trampette, bounced off the trampette, did a flip, and landed on my feet. I'm about as flexible as the Taliban. But I landed on my feet. It It was a great moment. Now, today's short passage is about attempting things in God's strength that we thought we'd never be able to do. But it's also looking at what is absolutely not in our power to do, what we can't do. So, if we put on the screen the verses that we've just read, hopefully, we've got this slide with the red and the blue. So, in red are the things that we can do if we have a go, and in blue are the things that we can't do. So, if you scroll through the reading, keep going, keep going. Okay, so, see there, that the passage is divided into things that we can do and things that it's impossible for us to do. So let's have a look, first of all, at the things that we can't do. First of all, we can't predict the future. So we see this in, at the end of verse 1b, and in verse 6, 1b, uh, sorry, 2b, you do not know when disaster will come on the land. And verse 6, you do not know what's going to succeed, this or that, Or whether both of them are going to do equally well. So in Ecclesiastes, we've seen that certain things are inevitable and there's a repetition. Things go round and round. There's a pattern in life. We see that in verse 3 as well. If the clouds are full of water, then it's going to rain. And uh, whether a tree falls to the south or the north, it just lands there. But then suddenly, a pandemic hits. And everywhere gets locked down. Students can't go to school, exams are cancelled, nobody can learn to drive, only six people can go to a funeral or a wedding. What an extraordinary chapter of history that we've just lived through. No one could have predicted that would happen. We don't know what's going to happen. A couple of weeks ago, some students celebrated the end of their university term in Nottingham. They went out. To celebrate. And they got stabbed by a madman who ended their lives. I told you last week, my sister went on holiday to Bali. She got into a taxi and a lorry went into the taxi and she was killed instantly. We don't know the future. We can't predict all kinds of shocks that happen. There's repetition, there's order, there's normality. And suddenly, something happens to break that. War breaks out, and you become a refugee. Who could have predicted war in Europe last year? And when those things happen, without God as our anchor, we're totally lost. So we can't predict the future. Secondly, we can't do what only God can do. Have a look at verse 5. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Deuteronomy 29, 29, the the revealed things are given to us, but the secret things belong to God. Even if scientifically we can understand meteorology and pregnancy, there are mysteries about how God creates a human soul that we can't figure out. I've got four children. They've all got the same mum and dad, but they're all completely different. I've spent my Christian life trying to figure out the relationship between God's sovereignty and our free will. I wrote a dissertation on it once, but I've come to the point now where I just can't work it out. It's beyond me. There are some things that are just beyond human beings. And wisdom recognizes this wisdom says there are some things I as a human being cannot figure out we see this in another wisdom book in the book of Job right at the end of the book God appears to Job and he wants to ask Job some questions and in Job 38 we read this brace yourself like a man says God to Job it's on the screen and I will question you and you will answer me Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? What were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and the angels shouted for joy? Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness? When I fixed limits for it and set doors and bars in place? When I said, this far you can come and then no further. Here is where the proud waves halt. God says to Job, have you ever given orders to the morning? Can you set up God's dominion on the earth? And so wisdom acknowledges that there are things that only God can do. Now a massive development that is going on right now in our world is the use of artificial intelligence. I can ask ChatGPT to write a sermon on Ecclesiastes 1-6. to And it'd be pretty rubbish, actually. But it will, it will write it. I can ask ChatGPT to write a, 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 an essay on the causes of World War I, and it'd be pretty good. Uh, AI is here to stay. It's going to revolutionize our classroom. It's going to revolutionize industry. It's going to help in NHS cancer detection. And AI literacy is gonna be needed across the workforce going forward. But AI is just that, it's artificial. No student wants a robot to teach them. And AI cannot replicate the works of God. Artificial intelligence cannot really image God like a human being can. And nor can human beings build anything that only God can build. Only God is the real creator and the recreator. The third thing that human beings can't do is we can't guarantee success, verse 6. You do not know, verse 6b, what will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. That submarine that went in search of the Titanic, there was risk. It shouldn't have, it shouldn't have malfunctioned in the way it did. But we don't know what's going to succeed, whether this or that. If our main job, and main goal in life is to be successful, we're going to have many heartaches. Just ask Ben Stokes and the England cricket team. They say they're concentrating not on results, but on the process. Um, but the thrust of this passage is actually, it is actually encouraging us to take risks. Even though we don't know what's going to succeed or not, it's telling us not to sit on our hands, but it's telling us that there are things that we can do, even though there are many things that we can't do. So let's have a look now at the things that we can do. Verse 1, ship your grain across the sea, or as an older translation says, cast your bread on the waters. In business and in life, you have to be in it to win it. That's one way to interpret these verses. You need to take risks to gain any reward. But in terms of the kingdom of God, which is our concern this morning, we need to be prepared to give generously to gain a kingdom return. There is a saying, the future is uncertain. Eat your dessert first. But I would say the future is uncertain. Give your dessert away. Give your fortune away. Cast it on the waters. Jesus taught that the way to receive is to give. Luke 6:38. give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you full-pressed, shaken down together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. That's also reflected in Proverbs 19:12. "Kindness to the poor is a loan to the Lord. He will repay the lender." Now, there's always going to be need. Jesus said, "You will always have the poor among you." And sometimes it's very difficult to discern what or who to give towards. I just wonder this morning, can you listen to the still small voice of God? I want you to contribute to this. You know, on my heart are these Iranian brothers with wives and children at home. You know, how can we help? Is, can we give them a bicycle? When we need a haircut, can, can we ask them? Are there jobs we can ask them to do at home? Just remember, an ultimate example of giving yourself away to others is... Jesus. He is the ultimate example. Jesus in John 12, 24 says this, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. And Jesus was saying, I am like that seed planted in the soil. I am giving myself away in order to produce a harvest of new life. And here we are, we are the harvest. The wisdom of Jesus is so challenging for our spiritual lives and it is this. Take the best of what you have and the best of what you are, give it away. Cast your bread on the waters. So let me ask you a question. If you died tomorrow, what would you wish that you have done with your money, your time, your gifts, and your life? What would you wish you'd done? Jesus says, hey, go and do it. So we can be open-handed with our stuff. Cast your bread on the waters. Also, we can have a go. I feel that this is really the, pro- the thrust of these six verses And I chose six verses because I knew we had communion and I knew I needed to be short, so here we are. The teacher is encouraging us to have a go. If you underline the verbs in this passage, cast, invest, sow, plant, reap, let not your hands be idle, the verbs, they're saying, have a go, have a go. It was this willingness to have a go that inspired our modern missionary movement. William Carey there went to Bengal, and he was told by his superiors, young man, if God wants to convert those people, he will do it without you. But his motto was, attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. But it was so hard. When he got to Bengal, he lost his wife who went insane. He lost his child. And the people who followed him out to India, to the South Pacific Islands, to China, to Persia, they all had to endure so much death and disease and suffering as they sought to learn language and as they sought to translate the Bible. And as they shipped their bread across the waters, they didn't expect it to return. They were embarking on a quest, like Frodo, who said, I will take the ring even though I do not know the way. So how about us? 3.2 billion people will live and die without hearing about Jesus. And so many Christians are just sitting on the bench. We can't be okay with that. Is Is there something that God wants us to attempt this morning as we trust him? And it looks too hard. It's like that vault Maybe, actually, it's giving your life to Jesus this morning. You know, you've, you've been around church, your parents have taken you here, but you've never really committed. And sometimes we sing that song, take me as I am, all my fears and failures. Could you say that to Jesus this morning? Maybe that's the step. Maybe that's you casting your bread on the waters this morning. Maybe it's starting a new venture It's it's extraordinary what Sanjay did with the food redistribution ministry, the big difference. And and if you go on the the Love Southampton website, you see how people casting their bread on the waters in a small way here in Southampton has made a tremendous difference here. Have a look at the, the statistics there. In a time where our cost of living is extortionate, people who've shipped their bread on the waters have made a huge difference. To live a wise life, says the teacher, have a go. You know, I'm looking this morning at our very own Vic Jacobson, who's 82 years old. He's going to cycle from Southampton to Keswick, 300 miles, to raise support for the Ukrainian church. It's absolutely awesome. How about you? There'll always be an excuse not to take risks. Have a look at verse 4. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. But Paul the Apostle said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He also said, without him I could do nothing. Peter, while he kept his eyes on the Lord, he walked on water. Where is the Lord calling you to have a go? Is there even now a summer mission trip you could sign up for? There's still room on that camp. Should you sign up for it? Is there a relationship that you're worried about pursuing or reforming? Is there a job? And someone's encouraged you to to apply for it. Maybe you should. Is there a cause that you're worried about investing in? Maybe you should invest in it. Is there a mission that you're worried about joining? Maybe you should join it. Is there a commitment that you're worried about making? Jesus says, believe and be baptized. Who's not been baptized? Can you become a church member, commit to this church like MJ? You're worried about it. People this year who did formation school graduated yesterday. Uh, hands up anyone who's who's here, who's taken a year out to do formation school, to learn how to be disciple makers, to invest a year uh, coming on Tuesday evenings, joining a huddle. Well done. Well done to those who've run it faithfully all year long. Who's gonna have a go next year? Let me ask you that question again. If you died tomorrow, what would you wish that you'd done with your money, your time, your gifts, your life? Go and do it, says Jesus. And he also says, I will be with you until the very end of the age. And the teacher says, cast your bread on the waters. Yes, you don't know if it's going to succeed or not. But do it anyway. Let's pray. Father, we acknowledge the challenge of this text. Forgive us when we have sat on our hands, give us a greater degree of creativity and adventure so that we can really be one family on a mission. Burn in our hearts a passion for your mission for the lost. Help us, Lord, in our workplaces where we struggle often. Lord, help us to be the witness that we should be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.